What is up, everybody? Welcome to the weekend preview of the Next Guy Up podcast. It is just me and Zach today. Mason has escaped the tundra that has hit Tennessee. He is chilling in the uh, Mexican Gulf right now mm. on a cruise ship. So lucky him. So we're yeah, going to hold that for today. Yeah. Um, but with cold weather comes basketball. So this is our official. We're going to be kicking off some college basketball news and just kind of talking a little little college basketball. Personally, one of my favorite sports to keep up with just because it is so chaotic. Yeah. Uh, we'll be doing a little bit of an update on what's going on with the college football coaching carousel. Um, also, the same thing with NFL coaching updates. There's not a ton, but there's a lot of rumors flying around, and we like those. Uh, yeah, we do. We'll do a quick recap of the NFL playoffs and look ahead to what's going on this weekend. Uh News news update. We will not be giving out any picks on the podcast today. I will have some picks uh, cooked up for the graphic that comes out on Saturday mornings. Uh, NFL playoffs is hard. It's very hard to bet. Um, so we're not going to give them out early. Lines move a lot. And I don't have my guy Mason to help cook. Zach does not touch NFL betting for playoff because he's smart. Oh. He waste his money like me. Um, not that I didn't have, I had an okay weekend. I just had a lot of faith in the Rams, but we'll get there. Uh, But first, first, let's talk about a little college basketball and how chaotic the season has kind of, you know, I feel like the season really starts about this time of year when conference play starts. A lot of the out of conference play before, like in November, early December, it's kind of hard to judge because it's like teams that don't, they don't see each other very often. They're kind of contrasting styles. It, it, yeah. can, it can kind of get out of hand quick either way. So it's kind of hard to judge. But when you get to conference play, that's uh, where you really can tell a team that's like ready for the tournament or not. So it's been fun. Early conference tournament or uh, early conference games, um, kind of seeing who's for real and who's not in their respective conferences. But Zach's got some very interesting stats about some home court advantage stuff that we, me, me and him have been talking about a lot lately. Yeah, it's a uh, – so I I think I've – personally, um, I've seen this a couple a little bit. So, obviously, uh, I follow Tennessee basketball very closely, um, probably at least as closely as I follow the football stuff. I, I'm, I'm in on it. I was uh, – I attended the the Ole Miss game a few weeks ago. I got to see a really fun uh, home court environment. Um, and then all of a sudden, uh, we started seeing some some crazy upsets around around the country. And so, just just for some context, if maybe you don't follow uh, college basketball super closely, um, here's what the top ten is looking like currently. Uh, UConn is now uh, the number one overall in the nation, um, and that is partly because uh, between last week and this week. Uh, we had an, a ton of really big upsets happen. And so just to kind of fill you in on what, what it looked like last week, uh, Purdue, the number one overall team, uh, took a loss uh, on the road. So did Houston, number two overall, uh, as did Kansas, number three. Uh, Tennessee also, unfortunately, took a really big road loss to Mississippi State. And Kentucky lost on the road. And so all of a sudden... Um, our landscape is looking a good bit different because of 
six of the top or five of the top six teams all lost on the road last week. And so this week, our top 10 is looking different, and UConn was the only team that survived, and so they just moved up to number one. Uh, and so it got me thinking about home court advantage. Uh, you've seen it a lot. Uh, I, I think I've seen it personally because Tennessee uh, now is a is a top six team, top five or six team in the nation. And so they've started doing uh, getting everyone's best best kind of punch on the road and so we and that's part of that's part of sports is whenever you're at the top people want to take you down people are going to show up and uh, especially if you're on the road and they're going to give you their best game and that's been happening georgia just nearly gave tennessee two losses in a row last week uh, but did take a pretty bad loss to mississippi state i mean the line was one and a half so that was predicted i think mississippi state's not a bad team by any stretch i think there's actually a lot of really uh, I think I think the SEC is going to send a lot of teams to the tournament this year. There's a lot of those teams that maybe aren't top ten teams, but are right in the middle. Um, the Tennessee plays Alabama this Saturday, and Alabama is um, number seven in the Ken Palm rankings right now. Uh, Tennessee's number four, and Alabama's number seven, and so it's going to be another really good matchup. I think the SEC is maybe not as bad as some people would talk like they are. Tennessee and Kentucky are obviously in the top ten. Uh, there's a, but there's a lot of teams floating around that are just kind of um, in that middle of the road kind of section, but there's a lot of them. Alabama is one. Ole Miss is one that I still think is a pretty good team. Um, then we saw Mississippi State be pretty good. And so it's, it's going to be an interesting SEC season this year. But um, I did – so I was curious about a couple of um, home court advantage things that are happening. Um, I sent a text during the Tennessee Georgia game whenever Tennessee was down by 11 late. And I was like, guys, I think home court advantage in college basketball right now is broken. Like it, it seems like it's overwhelming. Um, and Tennessee also was on the other end of that when they played North Carolina, who is famously has one of the best home court advantages in the nation uh, and kind of just got run off the court by North Carolina at, um, I uh, forget what that – what is their stadium called? Do you remember North Carolina? Uh, nah, I don't remember. Yeah, um, it'll come to yeah. But uh, – and so looking, um, last year in college basketball, about 60% of home teams won their games last season. Uh, so 60%, I mean, that is that is sizable when you're talking about across all of college basketball. Uh, and I think it's actually – I think it's increasing. I saw a, a tweet from someone earlier that's in the media who's talking about how a lot of colleges are starting to put their student sections really close to the floor, and they're giving them some of those what, what are considered the prime time seats and the most expensive seats, but they're they're sacrificing that to, to for the home court advantage because your students are going to be the loudest, and if you put them close to the floor, it's going to create the most chaos. And so that's what um, – Places like North Carolina, Duke, Kentucky have done for a long time, and other people are starting to do it as well. Tennessee is refusing to change that seating arrangement uh, this year. They, the students, some of the students are on both behind both goals, but most of the rest of the uh, sideline seats are going to. I mean, it's like season ticket holders, things like that. Yeah. People who are sometimes older, and they, they get a lot of um, grief because sometimes they're older people who don't want to really make a noise and stand <laughs> up and get into the game. And so it kind of does. Uh, Thompson bowling arena is a, is a loud place to, to whenever it's a big game for sure. 
And I think it because it's huge. It's like in the top five in in capacity in in the country. Uh, so you have been seeing that. But a couple of stats for you. Um, some a lot of gamblers have started thinking about what how many points that a home court advantage will give you. And a lot of them say sometimes between three and a half and four points for a normal team. But they say some some schools like Duke, Kansas, Gonzaga, some of your famous like big home court advantages can come up to uh, six, seven, or even eight points just because they're playing at home. And that's a humongous. I mean, obviously it exists in college football as well. And I think this is an interesting conversation. Um, I think some people have said that momentum like doesn't really. Uh, you've heard the thing about momentum and it, it not being as big of a factor, but I think in college basketball more than anything, whenever it's so fast paced and it's so chaotic, like Ten said, um, having a crowd all of a sudden start getting wild when you're when you're kind of going on a run, I think makes a huge difference. Uh, and so I think that's why we see that there's been so many road upsets. Uh, and Tens and I were talking text wise that we said, you know, this is uh, what would happen if. Uh, the NCAA tournament had a uh, home court advantage for the higher seed. Uh, how much, how different that some of our NCAA tournament stuff would look. Yeah. No, I definitely think that's why we see so many, like, it, it's like a saying, you always take the home team that's favored over a ranked opponent. You might have a team that's better, but that home, that home court advantage is so important in college basketball. Cause I do mm-hmm. think there is that extra layer of, these guys are kids. It's chaotic when there's there's momentum swings in college basketball that are more important than I think in any other sport. Yep, any other I sport, agree. you can kind of like anything can kind of turn on its head in a football game or even an NBA game. Um, but college basketball, it, all it takes is going on one run, and that that you know the favorite team, the higher ranked seed uh, or ranked team has all that pressure on them and you're playing with house money at home in front of your crowds. And if you got a rowdy crowd, it's, you know, it's, I think it's very important. And I do think if, if March Madness tournament, if the top seeds did get home court advantage, like if they got to play at home, I do, you said it would just be the blue bloods every year. And I definitely agree with that where it would be so much harder for like a, an eight seed to upset a one seed or something like that to happen. Uh, if you've got yeah. your home court jumping. <clears throat> I, I agree. And like I said, I saw it this week with Georgia. All of a sudden, Tennessee comes to town. This kind of middle-of-the-road Georgia team all of a sudden looks really good. Their their stadium is full maybe for – they it's sold out for maybe the first time all season. Time. I, don't, I don't know yeah. if that's true. But, um, you know, it is – and that's part of the game, I guess. But uh, it is interesting to see. I think if you're, if you're kind of a middle-of-the-road team, you always want to play – upset and you love to you love to beat the the guy who's up there so i I get it and that's so it's fun stuff college basketball always uh wild tens looking at the looking at the top of the uh the rankings right now Mm -hmm. um who do you think maybe is a is a contender uh who do you think is maybe a fraud that you think is going to get exposed as soon as the tournament starts possibly or or down the stretch yeah, so I mean, my popular answer here is Purdue. I think Purdue is always a fraud. Um, mm-hmm. They're just they just have always proved it to us to uh, to get beat by a much lower seed. They have one option, and it's Zach Eady. 
and if you can yep. kind of slow him down just a little bit, you've got a good chance at beating them. Um, a team that I think that, and this is going to hurt to say, I think Kentucky is for real this year. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and I feel like I kind of say that every year because they are so talented. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cal Perry is kind of their weak spot because he's not a good coach. He's a great recruiter because um, he's he's got that ticket to the NBA. But I feel like he's got the guard play this year to kind of kind of get a little bit further in the tournament than normal. Um, mm-hmm. So they're definitely a team I've been watching a lot. I do tend to kind of lean more towards watching SEC basketball um, just because it's on locally more, so I catch yeah. a lot of that. But they're, they're definitely a team I'm, I'm worried about. And then another team, maybe a little bit of a sleeper here. I know we have a Big Ten bias of not liking them, but I think Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin's mm-hmm. a team full of uh, upperclassmen um, playing in big minutes, uh, veteran team, well-coached. I, I, I like them to kind of maybe make a run as well. Yeah, as, as Wisconsin plays better and better, that um, Tennessee did have a big road win against Wisconsin early in the non-conference, which uh, that win is looking better and better as everything goes. Um, I will say Kentucky and Tennessee is is one of the most intriguing. Like every year this happens where Tennessee is like a veteran team. Kentucky has uh, a very young team pretty much exclusively and they have this where they play each other at home and they almost always split the series there. But I do think Kentucky is pretty good. Um, I think Tennessee is pretty good as well. I mean, I've watched all of Tennessee's games. And so uh, you see, and so speaking of Tennessee, Dalton connect uh, is, has become a problem. Um, He had 39 points. Uh, He had 36 the game before against Georgia and the comeback win. Um, That guy scores like, I don't know if I've seen a Tennessee player ever for sure. Uh, There's not a lot of college players putting up 30, 40 points a game. It just doesn't really happen very much. And so he's very fun to watch. Yeah, it's definitely fun seeing like a a true NBA like talent on on your team. Because, I mean, we've put some guys in the NBA, like a great like. Grant Williams and, and Schofield and guys like that that were fun to root for in college, but yeah, he's a different kind of player. Like he's a lottery pick, NBA talent, like guy who's probably going to start. He's he's fun. He's he's definitely like, and it's fun that he's offensive. Like can score, he can shoot three mid range, get to the basket. It makes mm-hmm. for a little bit more fun style of Tennessee basketball because we did have some yep. years of just. <laughs> Ground, Very defense heavy, ground, <laughs> ground and pound type teams. Yeah, it's, it's accurate. Well, Rick Barnes at the beginning of the season made the statement that he felt like uh, Connect was NBA ready uh, offense wise, and I was like, Rick does not say stuff like that very often. And I was like, No, um, that's very interesting. And but it's, it became clear that he his offensive talent is incredible, and he he chose to come to Tennessee to work on his defense, knowing that he was looking to get to the NBA after the season. And so uh, he wanted a coach that would push him and w- it would push him to get better. And so it's been, uh, it's been fun to watch him this season. He had a couple games in the, he, he started off super hot. He kind of, he had a couple games where he was struggling. I don't know if he was banged up or some teams were kind of figuring out some different ways to guard him, to limit yeah. him. But then all of a sudden the last three games, he's gone off. Uh, and so fun to watch. Um, I do agree that Kentucky could be a problem going down the stretch. I think 
Uh, North Carolina has a pretty good team as well. I've not watched very much UConn, to be honest with you, so I'm not sure about them. Um, They're a carbon copy of the team last year, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Which, I mean, they won it all. But they did do that. Just yeah. can, can they repeat? That's It's just I feel like college basketball is the hardest to try and repeat because oh, yeah. the tournament is such a wild card. And then, you do feel like it's um, it's it's different in college basketball because you almost have to build a team to succeed in a tournament style. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to win at all, it almost requires putting together a different type of roster than if you're like looking to win a lot of games over the course of a season. Where I don't know it it is weird because all it takes is getting hot for five or six games in a row, and then yeah. all of a sudden you have you win it, you win it all, you know. Like a good example of that to me is is Houston, who's always played in the ACC or not, the AAC, and they right. dominate their conference. And they're always, I mean, even this year they're they're a five seed, um, even moving to the Big Twelve. But they play a style of basketball that's always dominated the conferences they're in. And mm-hmm. then once they get in the tournament, they're always like they're an early upset because they only play one style of basketball, and it's kind of easy right. to figure out. And and so that's why. Like you said, you've got to be able to kind of mix and match, have different pieces on your team. And that's why Transfer Portal has been huge for college basketball. And that's why another team I've kind of been keeping an eye on is Kansas. They've mm-hmm. always they've always seemed to do really well when they have a big man they can play through. And they have Hunter Dickerson, who's one of yep. the better big men in the country. I mean, he's a freak. He's He can shoot the three. He's going to play defense, protect the rim, uh, and then go, go down and rebound too. So – they're definitely another team to keep an eye on as well. I mean, they always are. Kansas is a blue blood for a reason. But yep. they've kind of set themselves up to be what Bill Self likes, which is play through the big guy and mm-hmm. kind of high tempo, you know, wear you down type team. But it's definitely uh, – Transfer Portal has definitely made college basketball, along with football too, but college basketball pretty interesting because you can see these guys that – like a Jordan or a, not Jordan Love, Caleb Love, who was at North Carolina, who's a great player. He's down at Arizona now, and he's he's lighting it up for them, giving them yeah. a, an extra dimension they've never really had. Hmm. So it's been it's been fun. It's been fun to dive into um, getting ready. I mean, I love March Madness, but you got you got to prepare before that. Yeah, you got to get it ready. Uh, <laughs> and there, I mean, it is. It's been a fun season. There's a lot of teams up in the top that you expect to be up there, and so. Uh, I think uh, there is, like I said, there's a big game this Saturday for Tennessee uh, playing Alabama. We will see how they do. I think Alabama is kind of underrated right now, maybe compared to their, um, what their potential is. And so it'll be fun. Uh, One more college basketball thing before we move on. Uh, We are switching over to the, the women's game. I think we would be uh, remiss to not mention this happening because I think it's 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 almost a historic at this point. Uh, Caitlin Clark, if you've not been watching any women's basketball, which I don't know if you do, but Caitlin Clark has been dominating in a way that is just almost uh, unthinkable. And if you watch some highlights, uh, it's it's almost like back when uh, when Steph Curry was kind of emerging into like the NBA and people were realizing what he could do. It it feels sort of like that where it's just watching. Uh, where she's shooting from, it's just like get her the ball every play almost and let her shoot because it, the odds are it's going in. Um, Tins, have you watched any? I've seen a lot of her or, yeah. seen a lot of her highlights. We've we've had a lot of like uh, debates at UPS. Like, could she 
who, how many guys in college basketball could she beat in a three point contest? And it's, 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 it's pretty, I would say almost all pretty of them, good probably. list. Cause she yeah. is, she's a sniper out there, honestly. I mean, she's, it's fun to watch. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy how like she's dominating that sport so much. And, uh, I mean, they're a favorite to win it all. Yeah. Some stats from, from her right now, uh, she's averaging 31 points a game, Gosh. which in women's basketball, whenever, I mean, your average score is what, like maybe 60, 60, 60 points a game. I don't know what, right. like 30, they're, they're averaging. Like, yeah. Like a hundred, a hundred to, uh, like, 100 to 120 points a game combined. It's like their yeah. totals. And she's got so. a 31 a game. Her last few, um, she had 31 points. She had 33 points against Wisconsin, 34 against Indiana, top or number 14 in the nation, 35 against Purdue, 29 against Rutgers, 37 against Michigan State. I and mean, that's just her last five games. Yeah. Uh, crazy numbers. She's also averaging seven rebounds a game, almost eight assists. Uh, she's about 50% from the field right now. So hmm. uh, just insane numbers put getting put up. And then, I mean, and it's the reality is, is that that's basically with um, an eye on her at all times. Like, you know, teams are not just letting her sit out there and shoot. Right. Uh, if you, if you watch, it's just, I mean, like I said, the same thing Steph Curry de- deals with, you know, double teams and uh, defenses designed around having just someone follow her around all the time and to still get up shots like that is is wild so fun stuff over there to keep an eye on uh i think i was looking at uh making a run for sure so i was trying to i was trying to pull up uh, like a team average just random women's basketball with like kansas state it won't pull up but like their top score averages 17 points a game yeah so 31 they're, they're numbers <laughs> they're the number seven team in the country so, I mean, it's just she's on a whole different level right now, um, which is fun to watch. It's fun whenever you get a, an athlete who's just, like, on a different level than everyone else they're playing with. Like you said, like Steph Curry when he was in college, you just yeah. knew he was he was going to be an or NBA three-point shooter. Like, he was just better than everyone. So, it's just fun when you've got somebody like that to kind of, like, watch and put up all these highlights. True. Let's maybe connect for uh, UT. He's kind of on that path right now. He's he's an going player, playing with college basketball boys right now. <laughs> That's uh, true. Let's, let's get past the Sweet 16 one time for old Barnsey, huh? Boy, I would love that. Let's get it. <laughs> so, that is uh, that's some college basketball talk. We've been we've been teasing it for a while. Um, yeah, so that's it was, college it was the week talk. to do yeah. it because um, there's not much going on. I mean, we were going to talk about college football. Um, all I really had with it was Alabama's getting murdered, or you had this. They're getting killed in the portal. It kind of all came out today. It's today. it's yeah. they're losing a lot of big names. Um, I saw the left tackle who was an all uh, all American true freshman started every game. Um, he's entered the portal. Mm. Um, um, the corner the cornerback is transferring to Ohio State. Um, so I mean, they're just they're losing some pieces. I guess the new head coach didn't inspire some of these top recruits to stick around, which is tough. I, I feel like yeah. he's a good coach, but that's just part of it. You're going to lose guys with the trans. So the, the popular talking point this week, which is very, it's, this is from a biased point of view, but seeing Alabama complain about the transfer portal, it's just been very funny uh, yeah. because they are. And so what's, what's happening with Alabama right now is 
um, because of the cultural wall playoff and because of the, so they announced their coaching change a good bit later than most other teams. Uh, and so a lot of their players are leaving for the portal, but there's not very many players still available to take in. Right. And so, uh, and the, and the window is closing. And so there's kind of a lot of rules around when you can transfer and stuff. And so kind of the situation is all of their best players are on the way out to other teams and they can't really get any, all the only good players left in the portal are all the players that are leaving. And so right. they're kind of stuck in a pretty bad situation. Um, I can't say I feel bad for them here <laughs> in this situation. Uh, it is, but it is something um, to, to watch because like, I mean, I saw um, a tweet showing their roster from last year and it is, I mean, it's getting hit pretty hard. Right. Uh, some of their some of their best players are on the way out. And there were, did you see the clip where, uh, shoot, who is, uh, what is the Alabama's safety that's, that just announced the transfer portal that's been in the news a lot? Uh, I can't think of, his last name is like McKinnon or Carton, shoot. something like that. Um, there was a couple clips that came out after the Alabama-Georgia game. Did you see this? Oh, I see this. There, <laughs> there was a couple people. It seemed like Kirby Smart uh, made a point to go and and say hi to after the game. Oh boy! Um, and it was Always a couple of the, Always It was a couple of players who have now entered the transfer portal, and I think a coach as well. And so, yeah, okay, uh, I did see that where uh, Georgia did get Alabama's defensive backs coach to. Oh wow, that's perfect. Um, to go, he's now their defensive back coach. Yes. Georgia. So yeah. he said he was talking to him and uh, talking to shoot. Cause he's been big in the, I'm trying to think of this guy's name because he's kind of the number one. He was like freshman of the year in the country. Yeah. He's, um, I mean, as a true freshman, they're already talking about his draft where he's going to be a top 10 pick as a safety. Yeah, and he is on his way out apparently. So, uh, it's things are breaking down over there in uh, in Alabama. We will see. It also seems like they're really intentionally um, that DeBoer is is going after FBS head coaches for some of his uh, coordinator positions. Coordinator. Which is, yeah, it's kind of an interesting strategy. Like, oh, Caleb Downs—that's his name, Caleb Downs. Um, he's, he's the one who just entered the transfer portal uh, from Alabama. He was that safety I was talking about. Okay. Or defensive yeah. back. He's a defensive yeah. back. Yeah, defensive back. Um, and so he looks like he's pretty intentionally putting like people with head coaching experience in these uh, coordinator positions, which may end up being a very good uh, idea. I don't know. Um, yeah, I haven't seen who he's going after for offensive coordinator yet. Um the the hire for defensive coordinator the guy from San Jose State I think mm. that's a good hire they've been a very good program out in the Mountain West he's recruited well um, one of the better defenses every year and so I mean bring that over to the SEC he's he's definitely got connects out there in California and that area for recruiting so that's a big deal um, so I like doing that I like putting a head coach in a coordinator position because yeah I don't know, they just they kind of can help him you know, because that's a big job. Alabama's a big job. So he's going to need all the help he can get. 
getting people with a lot of head coaching experience. Not that he didn't have it with Washington at another big program, but I mean, Bama is just a whole nother thing. So they added a Buffalo, the Buff, the Buffalo head coach as well. Maurice oh, wow. linguist as their def, as defensive assistant. So he wow. left his job um, at Buffalo who went three and nine last year to join hmm. Alabama's coaching staff. So, and he just got that job because the Buffalo's head yeah. coach had just left the year before to take a, and I can't remember where, but a job. Ah, that's going to bother me. But well, a big, a big it's crazy to keep fire, track of it. All right now. Yeah. So, I mean, a guy who had been a head coach for one year in a division one conference in the Mac leaving to not even be a coordinator, but to be an assistant. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just shows you that if you can get in and the staff does well, you're going to be able to get a, a bigger, better job, which I don't know if Bama really appreciates all these guys coming in and trying to use it as a step stool, but right. it is what it is, I guess. Well, there's a lot of talk about Bama. Maybe their pockets aren't as deep as some of the other programs around the SEC, like A&M. Well, so that's the thing. I mean, I think – where I think people are seeing how much Nick Saban was kind of holding together. Yeah. That it, felt, it felt like a dynasty at Alabama. Um, but is the rest of the structure there to support it? Or once you take Nick Saban out of the picture, is it just going to like, is it going to crumble? I mean, that's always a question mark with you when you have a coach leave. Um, we saw it with Tennessee when Phil Fulmer left, all of yeah. a sudden the bottom just fell out of the program. Uh, and it was a full rebuild basically immediately For after years. that. So, that's the question is, is the, is the, is the, like, how much is a coach worth compared to the program? You know, it's, it, can your program be solid enough to, to make up for a new head coach coming in and, and this kind of turnover with coaching and players? I don't know. Well, we'll I think, an, I think another team that's about to go through this and this will be a good transition for us to go from college yeah. to NFL Great. is Jim Harbaugh. Um, yeah. Is he leaving this time, or is this just another way for him to get a pay raise from Michigan? And at this point, he's really hurting Michigan's program if he's going to take one of these NFL jobs because we're we're late into the. I mean, I mean it'll be the same situation that Alabama had, but worse at this point. But worse because now they yeah. can't even they can't even really pick their own guy. They're gonna have to probably just hire someone that wants to stick around off Harbaugh's staff. That he's not gonna take to the NFL. Um, but what's that gonna do for guys? that maybe are wanting to transfer in or transfer out. I mean, it's mm-hmm. going to be, it's going to put them in a bad situation, a team that's coming off of a national championship, but this yep. isn't the first time we've seen Harbaugh do this. This is actually, I think three years in a row where he's kind of, he's taken NFL interviews and then Michigan throws a bag at him to stay. I do think this is the time that he will actually take one of these jobs. These are it's probably one of the, the best, job opening cycles in the NFL. You've got a lot of young teams, a lot of good cap room, quarterback situations kind of set like with the Chargers, um, which is the job he's really linked to right now. Um, so I would be shocked at this point if he did not take one of these jobs, but anything's possible. I don't know how deep Michigan's pockets are, but money talks. And see, yeah. apparently the thing he's asking for is full immunity from this investigation, essentially saying if it comes out that it's worse than everyone thinks, Michigan can't turn around and fire me for cause right after. Um, and I guess Michigan's kind of pushing back on that. So <laughs> I think at this point, yeah. that's why 
that's why to me it points to him going to the NFL and just having a fresh start. Um, kind of saw the same thing happen to Pete Carroll years and years ago, and he just finished having a 14-year NFL career. Um, yeah. But that will – so I'm, I'm going to kind of – we're going to quickly go over NFL coaching situations. Nothing has been filled yet. It's rumor season right now. Um, the only job that's been filled is the Patriots, which is kind of – it was mm-hmm. kind of been set for a while that Gerard Mayo, uh, former UT Vol, shout out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's been kind of the coach in waiting for the last few years. He's yeah. been offered other head coaching jobs and turned them down because he knew the Patriots job was his, um, unless something crazy happened, which it didn't. So he was introduced today, actually, they had their press conference. So he is the yeah. first uh, uh, full-time head coach hire for this season. Uh, still got a lot of jobs open. I kind of touched on Harbaugh has now interviewed with the Falcons and Chargers. Bill Belichick has uh, interviewed with the Falcons. And then there's a whole bunch of other people, long list of names, uh, the, the Titans, have interviewed a bunch of people. Uh, one to watch out for, Titans fans. Uh, apparently, he is the new favorite. Is Aaron Glenn, defensive coordinator for the Lions, mm. uh, whose defense has been worse than Mike Vrabel's the last three years, and is an older <laughs> coach. News. And uh, I'm seeing a lot of stuff on Twitter that if the Titans hire Aaron Glenn, that there would be a, a riot in the streets against Amy because people are already mad at her about accurate firing. Variable and letting Derrick Henry walk and just a lot of stuff going on. So yeah, we'll definitely have good. A, we're gonna have a pulse on what's going on in the Music City for sure. <clears throat> as uh, this this head coaching hire and this rebuild are very important for this the status of this new stadium that the state of Tennessee That's is true. expecting us to help pay for. Well. Don't know if they're gonna get any of my tax dollars. I'll tell you that. <laughs> You're just gonna withhold it. Yeah, we'll withhold all of yeah. it. <laughs> not pay taxes. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Tinsley is going to refuse to pay his tax. Very interesting stuff. Um, it is okay. I've Tins. I have a question. Yes. What would if if let's say theoretically the Jags coaching position is was open? It's not, and Doug Peterson is. I think there's. Some in the air still, right? GM is in the air. There's, maybe there's, it's a it's a lame duck season essentially. All the mm. everything I've heard from my sources is our owner said, "All right, guys, figure it out." Because if this happens again next year, everybody's gone. gone. We'll start all over. Well, Trevor Lawrence had some injuries Trevor. in situations, so I guess you can say mm, maybe we didn't reach our potential. But so it, let's say just for theory, we won't talk yeah. about the Jags here, but just for theory. Yeah, um, head coach position was open. Would you would you want Bill Belichick as the head coach? If you're getting Bill Belichick the coach, yeah. But if he's demanding that he's also the GM, no. I think Bill Belichick, the GM, got the coach fired. Um, mm. He is he's a great coach. He's still one of the better defensive minds in the whole league, um, and he could put together a good offensive staff. But when he started being in control of drafts and free mm-hmm. agency, that's when situ- the situation with like Tom Brady was let go because Belichick said he thought he was done. Um, so I just don't think he's – and it's just a hard job to, to be in yeah. control of every single thing in your whole team, including scouts and prepping for the draft. I don't know why you'd want that job. I'll just be honest. I don't know why you, I don't know why you do either. 
yeah, that's way too much power and too much responsibility for one guy who's also trying to coach and make a new game plan on a weekly basis. So yeah, I, I still think Belichick's got it as a coach, and I do think he's going to go somewhere where he doesn't have to be the GM. Um, yeah, that's why. That's why I think he's kind of slow playing it right now because I think one of these jobs of a playoff team might become open this week. Um, I think either the Cowboys or Eagles job could get open. I mean, we're we're talking. Yeah. Wednesday night right now, uh, when this podcast comes out on Friday morning, it very well could have a change. I think one of those jobs could be open, if not both. Neither one of their owners are patient men um, that are going to accept the way their season's ended, especially the Eagles um, being 10-1, and one, best record in the league. It's pretty uh, bad. Full collapse. I mean, they not only didn't end up winning their division, but first-round playoff exit in an embarrassing way to a Buccaneers team that for the first time in NFL history ranked bottom 10 in offense and defensive mm, rank. That's not good. That is, that is tough. Um, it does seem so like Sirianni is very much like not in the good graces of Eagles fans or Eagles no. uh, front office. It, it seems like that would, you called it a couple weeks ago, but I think there is a decent chance He's yeah. Out of oh yeah. If I surprised. If, he get, if he gets fired and Billichick takes that job, I'm doing a victory dance because I called that one a while ago. Uh, I mean, the Eagles and and good good on the Eagles because they're not a they're not a franchise that will sit around and let things fall apart and do yeah. a complete rebuild. I mean, it's the same team that fired Doug Peterson one season one full season after he won a Super Bowl. So they don't like the past is the past for them. If they don't see that things are going to keep being successful they will change mm-hmm. course if they have to and i think nick seriani was a big he was propped up by his two coordinators last year mm-hmm. who both got head coaching jobs this year shane steichen with the colts who was kind of the creator of that eagles offense last year i mean you see you saw what he did with the colts they yeah. were almost a playoff team with a backup quarterback for the majority of the year so and then the, the cardinals i mean they were they're definitely feistier than people expected and the head coach um rich gannon did a good job over there and he was the eagles defensive coordinator last year and they that unit completely fell apart down the stretch so i mean it's definitely gonna be a wild kind of coaching carousel um the, yeah the steelers there's a lot of rumors mike tomlin was gonna be fired or retire he made clear yesterday that's not happening so uh the streak continues the steelers if you get the Steelers head coaching job, it's the best gig in the world because you're never getting yeah. fired. He's been there like 18 years. Um, and, I mean, a lot of fans were wanting to kind of maybe go in a new direction. They haven't won a playoff game since 2016. But I don't really kind of pin that on him. They've, they're have they kind of stuck in the 90s right now where they don't have a good quarterback. They just want to run the ball and play defense. And I think they're, they're a sleeper team for a Justin Fields trade this offseason – that I think really set them up. I think Falcons and Steelers; those are the two teams to be watching out for. Because um, I do think I do think the Bears will kind of have a reset. It, it's nothing on Justin Fields. I think he's a good player. It's just you can reset with a rookie contract or have to pay Justin Fields a lot of money next year. Sure. Um, so I think those two things, those two teams, are definitely to watch out for for Justin Fields if the Bears go that route. Um, but other than that, so playoff recap, we, we talked about the Eagles, talked about Steelers not winning. Um, Cowboys, doing what the Cowboys do. <laughs> Cowboys. I, I mean, I took 
uh, Packers plus seven, and I just felt so dumb because immediately it was like, oh, this is this is over. Like, yeah, <laughs> this is bad. Yep. I mean, Dak Prescott very quickly, folded, <laughs> and, and they made it interesting at the end in garbage time. I mean, the Packers had pulled their starters, and then they had to put them back in for like one more drive, and then they went and scored again. <laughs> like, All right, like Cowboys, you should have just like we could have already been home. Like, what are we doing? Um, I mean, it was still a pretty, a pretty sizable win. It was still like sixteen points, wasn't it? Yeah, they they cut it to eight, and then the Packers put Jordan Love and the starters back out there, and they mm-hmm. scored again. They're like, all right, like if if you really want us to, we'll run it up. Yeah, <laughs> quit, quit. Um, and then the other fun storyline was the um, return of Matthew Stafford. Yep. Probably it was actually not probably, but it it actually was. The only good game was Lions Rams. Um, fun back and forth. Good for the Lions. I know you're rooting for the Lions now. I'm not I'm personally Lions guy. Yeah, just because they're in the basement of the NFL with us Jags fans as far as never winning a Super Bowl. So you know I don't want that for them for selfish reasons. But Have they uh, never won a Super Bowl. No, it's a. Uh, Bills, Jags, Texans, Lions, Browns, Titans, Titans never won a Super Bowl team. Mm. Tough. Tough. Bengals, Bengals are on that list. I mean, Bills and Lions both still in. So, Would you imagine Could a be Bills the Lions Super Bowl? Be pretty fun. Be pretty rowdy. <laughs> um, <laughs> be fun. So we'll, we'll we'll take that and we will go to our playoff preview for this weekend. Yeah. Um, I'm going to kick off with the 49ers and Ravens. Um, both one seeds had the bye week, so they didn't have to play last week. But yep. both teams also sat all their starters the final week of the regular season. Mm. So really we're talking two games, three weeks of rest, and how much rest is yeah. too much uh, to where you're talking about teams being off and maybe a little rusty. Um, and they're both playing really hot teams. Texans yes. looked very good. CJ Stroud looked very good. So did the Packers, though, like you said. Pac- Jordan Love and the Packers also came out really hot. And so I think that is a big question of with sitting a couple weeks versus a team that's red hot. Both of those are in that situation right now. So. Yeah, it's it would be one thing if you were playing a team that kind of limped into the playoffs. Um, I think that the for the 49ers, they would have loved for the Eagles to have pulled off that win so they could play them because the Eagles mm-hmm. are a team that kind of limped in. But, I mean, if I'm the 49ers, I am a little worried about the Packers because they uh, – Matt LaFleur comes from the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree, so he understands what he's going up against offensively. And Jordan Love, I mean, he – there were, there were like, rumors in the middle of the season that maybe the – the Packers were going to be like, okay, you know, we're not playing well. We're going to have a high draft pick. We can walk away from Jordan Love pretty cost efficiently and start yeah. over at quarterback because they're, they're the youngest team in the NFL. Um, mm-hmm. So they could have started over at quarterback this year in a deep class, and he, he lit it up second half of the season, um, second in the league in touchdown passes. Wow. Like I said, youngest team in the league. So they've definitely got a bright future. And at this point, when like a young team – you hear the saying like they don't know anything better. Like they don't know that they're not supposed to be here. So they don't. Mm-hmm. They're just playing with house money at this point, um, which is a dangerous thing to go up against. Because I mean, this team is confident, and on the defensive side of the ball, they've got veterans everywhere. Um, so this definitely could be a scary matchup for the 49ers. 
who have been labeled the best team uh, all year. But if you kind of look at their wins, they haven't really really had to beat anybody that good, if you kind of think about it. Cause the Eagles fell apart. The Cowboys did what the Cowboys do. Um, <laughs> those are probably like their two biggest wins. And then same goes for the Ravens, yeah, a team that's not had much playoff success with Lamar Jackson playing this Texans team who's definitely, you know, they don't know that they're not supposed to be there because they're, they're so red hot. They've got a rookie head coach. I mean, the Packers at least have better in coaching. The, the Texans are rookie offensive coordinator, rookie defensive head, uh, head coach, rookie quarterback, uh, yeah. fifth, fifth youngest team in the league. And so I, if I'm the, if I had to pick one, I think I'd lean towards Ravens because the Ravens have just not had much playoff success under Lamar. Lamar beats up on bad teams and he beats up on the NFC because they don't play each other. Like he's never lost to an NFC team. But what happens in the mm-hmm. AFC is it's teams that, that know that system, which I know they're playing a new offense and they're passing more. And Lamar's probably going to win MVP. But don't be surprised if D'Amico Ryans has a very good game plan chalked up for Lamar because D'Amico Ryans is a great head coach, a great defensive coach. So I'm a little worried about the Ravens. Makes me extra worried because the last thing I need on Twitter is Texans fans getting lit. <laughs> They've become my new rival in life. I've had to put aside the oh. Bills and Titans. Wow. I've been fighting with Texans. I have a, I have a, and maybe he's a listener. I don't know, but I have a Texans fan who is on a burner account DMing me constantly. <laughs> I mean, it's, at this point, it's funny. Like I, I DM, I DM'd him this first this morning. I was like, "Hey man, how's your day going?" Just because he's <laughs> DMing me every day, just talking trash. So you got haters, tens. Well, if you don't have haters, you don't have fans. They say it's true. So shout out that guy. I hope <laughs> I hope I'm wrong and the Ravens beat you by forties. So I have a funny DM waiting for you, buddy. Uh, <laughs> but if not, we'll just keep going back and forth. Um, all right. Second kind of matchup I'm looking at is Lions Bucks. Mm. This is two teams. If you think about it, Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield, high draft picks, both one ones. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Jared Goff was either the first overall pick or the second overall pick. Uh, I know Baker was a one one, but these are two teams. I mean, Jared Goff got his team to the Super Bowl, and then after another year, McVay said. I can't do it with this guy. Send him off. Send him to the Lions for Matthew Stafford. He was uh, first overall, by the way. He was. Okay. Sweet. 2016. Um, and Baker, I mean, Baker was the first overall draft pick, was the first quarterback to lead the Browns to a playoff victory in a very long time. And not long after, it gets traded away for Deshaun Watson. Has a rocky, mm-hmm. has a rocky situation with the Panthers. Ends up being cut plays four random games with the Rams at the end of the year and kind of signs he's the lowest paid starting quarterback this year. He signs a one-year prove-it deal with the Bucks, and all he's done is prove it, that he's still a good quarterback in this league. He's still like a above average. He can start for a team and, and lead them to victories. And, I mean, they got a big playoff win. Whether you want to just say it's against a bad Eagles team or not, it doesn't really matter. It's playoff football. It's, it's a team that went to the Super Bowl last year, and they – smoked them so it's just that's a fun storyline for me two teams two quarterbacks that have kind of been cast off mm-hmm. uh, by their original teams and they're now fighting to be in the nfc championship game so that's i don't know i i root, I root for stuff like that um baker i think has gotten a raw deal 
as far as the NFL goes. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, I think he got people gave up on him too fast, and I think he's going to find a home there in Tampa to stick for a while. Um, Jared Goff might get a statue in Detroit if he wins a couple more playoff games. Yeah, I think he might get one just because he won last week. (laughs) There's people that have not seen that in their lifetime. We've never seen a Rams or a Lions win. I mean, that's wild. So, I mean, good for the Lions. Um, Good for Jared Goff. He's another one. I I like Jared Goff. I've never understood the hate that he gets. But um, So that's going to be a fun game. I'm cool with either one of them winning, honestly. And then the grand finale of them all. Big one. The 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 two teams everyone's sick of talking about, but you gotta talk about them. Yeah. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are traveling to Buffalo. Hopefully, there's no snow or or wind because we'll have to move it to. It's a pretty day for the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Josh Allen couldn't, uh, you know, play in the elements. Uh, I won't go on too much about that. Uh, everyone in our group text knows that I was pretty bitter that they moved that game. But, <laughs> You know, you had to make sure NFL's golden boy, Josh Allen, had perfect weather. I mean, it was right. cold, but he couldn't be dealing with that wind and snow. He can't throw bombs that way. Uh, but this game, I think this game is a very important game for these two quarterbacks. They're going to be linked to each other for a long time as, yep. as two big guys in the AFC. It's kind of like a Peyton and a Tom Brady situation going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so far, Mahomes – has been the Brady in this where he's, he's always got the bills number. They've, I mean, I know the bills beat him this past season in the regular season, but playoffs is different. Um, now the chiefs have always had home field advantage in this because they've normally, they've been the one seed every year because Patrick Mahomes has never had to play a road playoff game. So this is his first one. Wow. Um, That's crazy awesome. to think about. Yeah. It's crazy. He has, he is now, at 12 playoff wins, and they've all been at home other than Super Bowls. So, um, mm, something big test. It's a very big test. Um, the Bills have been red hot ever since they made a change of offensive coordinator. Um, mm. this, uh, Joe Brady has kind of put Josh Allen in situations that he excels in, uh, running the ball more, um, playing under center, giving him less choices to make, which equals Josh throwing less interceptions. Um, so it's definitely going to be a big game. This is a big, like, prove-it game for Josh Allen to me. Um, the Chiefs have had your number. Granted, it's always been in Arrowhead. So prove to everyone that you can finally slay the dragon that is Patrick Mahomes, which is just, I don't not know. Not easy I, to do. It's yeah. not easy to do. I mean, he's, I can't, you can't doubt Patrick. Like, I'm, I won't, I'll always ride with Patrick Mahomes as an underdog um, until I'm proven otherwise. It's kind of like the same thing with Bama under Nick Saban. If you see a plus sign next to it, I, yeah. I'll never, I'll never feel dumb for taking that chance. Um, so that's where okay, I, I, have a, I have a question for you. Yeah, <clears throat> have you seen the uh, conspiracy theory going around about Josh Allen with the with the fake um, slide? Have you? Because uh, yes. he kind of pulled that stunt in the in the last game, and they got some, and then he because yeah. then. Because then he uh, did slide and got hit. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, you people know, are, some people are saying it just he he it looks like he's just a really slow like juke move because he's a quarterback and he, I think that's what it is. He's a big guy. He's six five, like two forty. He's he's a big dude. Um, yeah. So I think he's trying to juke, and that's just what it looks like. 
Um, I am in the rule of once you leave the line of scrimmage as a as a quarterback, yeah, you're a ball carrier now. You're a running back. I I don't even I don't I don't even like no more sliding, just because at that point, what are we doing? Like play two hand touch with the quarterback. Um, because yep. as a defender, by the time you leave your feet to make a tackle and they slide, we're talking about second, like fractions of a second reaction time. That's not yep. fair to the defender. They're already put in such bad situations anyway because of all the rules that they can't can and can't do. Um, so I lean towards if you're going to run, then you're going to run, and you have to accept getting hit. Yeah. Um, but I have seen them. They are funny. I do, but I don't. We did see it. I mean, he 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 ran for like a fifty yard, fifty two yard touchdown. Yeah, Um, and it does seem pretty obvious that sometimes people are scared to kind of go in for the big hit. They are quarterback because it's like you know they're so quick to throw that penalty. So, yeah, it makes it tough. I don't. It's it's just I don't I don't know what to do because certain. I mean, and a ref would tell you no, but certain quarterbacks are getting calls that certain quarterbacks aren't, and it's just part of it. Josh Allen would get a call if he got a big hit towards the head. Patrick Mahomes gets those calls. All the time. But a guy, yeah. but a guy like Lamar Jackson who runs a lot, they're going to say, well, that's part of your game. Just you know, deal with it. Slide, do something to protect yourself. Sure. Um, so it's just tough. I do I do think he can't be – it's not as a, like obvious as the Kenny Pickett one in that bowl game. People were trying to compare it to that. <laughs> that was very bad. That was a fake slide. <laughs> like that was as obvious as yeah, you can't. This could be. That's that's cheating. <laughs> like, that's that's. Um, I think that will be no, a fun matchup, though. Gosh, I'm excited. I think Bills Mafia yeah, that's going to come out in force. You've seen a lot of memes about Taylor Swift uh, having her first interaction with. Uh, Bills Mafia having to go to Buffalo <laughs> for the game, and so I think that's going to be very funny to yeah. watch. Drunk guys body slamming tables that are on fire. It's definitely different than what she's been dealing with uh, <laughs> in Kansas City. It's true. So it'll be fun. Uh, I'm glad they made it the last game of the weekend. Kind of put a cherry on top. Hopefully it's a good game. I'm hoping we have better games this weekend. Yeah, me too. Um, it does seem like Wild Card Weekend has been the same the last few years where there's not really any good games. Um, mm. Happened last year too. Every game was a blowout. Um, except for my team came back from 27, nothing, but mm. you know, that, that was it. That's all we had. That's all I have to hold on to for, for a long time, I think. Um, <laughs> but hopefully, but the second weekend is normally a lot better. Um, yeah. cause I do think as much parody as there is in the NFL, once you get through the wildcard weekend, it truly is the last best eight teams are the ones that are there. Mm. Um, it, it sorts itself out. Um, I think if you were to dive deep into statistics, these were probably other than maybe the Bucks. The Bucks kind of got a lucky hand oh. with playing a falling apart Eagles team. Like I said, the Bucks are bottom ten in both offense and defensive everything. So that's tough, but you know, prove the world wrong, my guy Baker. It's gonna be exciting. Pretty, I, not pretty. I do. If you look back at the season um, at this NFC and said that the that the Cowboys and uh, the Eagles weren't going to be there, I think that would be pretty – weren't going to be in this round. I think you'd be pretty surprised. So some fun teams yeah. that have popped up. Uh, I think it's going to be exciting stuff. Yep, so it should make for a good 
divisional round playoffs. And like I said, me and Mason, once Mason's back in the country, or I can text him, we get some picks cooked up for you guys. We'll have something out Saturday as far as graphics go. But until then, make sure you're checking us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, and then make sure you are here Monday for a special mess around Monday. Mason will be back. We'll have something fun cooked up. Um, we always do. It'll be full of nonsense to get you through your Monday morning. Yep. Um, until then, thank you guys. Good weekend. <laughs>